the 2020 pandemic brought about a paradigm shift in many aspects of human existence. In the world of investing, it catapulted sustainable investing to the mainstream. The names by which we know it and the reasons why we pursue it may change over time. But this concept of directing finances towards businesses that align with our values or boycotting those that do not is rather old. It is now known as ESG investing, where we consider factors related to environmental, social and governance beyond just traditional factors. These are non-financial aspects that have material impact on the financials of a company. At this juncture, we are inundated with dynamic developments in this field. There have been record inflows into ESG in the last two years. And like anything that sells as hot cake, the fake claims are also on the rise, making some people call it a fad. With this backdrop, let us have a look at the raison d'etre for this aspect of investing across times and what is the landscape today. Hello and welcome everyone. My name is Jolly and this is Investing and Purpose. This show is an open-ended exploration on the dynamics of investing in Asia with a focus on India. The podcast is for information purposes only. Let us first look at the history of ESG investing. In the 1970s, certain groups of people such as the Methodists or the Muslims started extending their personal and religious values towards their finances. They started to exclude financing to industries such as alcohol or tobacco. As early as 1758, the Quakers prohibited their members from participating in slave trade. They have been known as change agents for social equality and human rights since the 18th century. In 1898, the Quakers Friends Fiduciary Corporation was founded and they adopted a no weapons, alcohol or tobacco investment policy. Till date, they are actively engaging with companies on a range of social and environmental issues. There is even a Quaker index that screens companies based on a Quaker values. In the 1980s, the Vietnam War had triggered mass sentiment against investments in certain chemicals such as Agent Orange in the US because of its adverse effects on the health of the US soldiers. From 1970s to 1990s, institutional investors in the US began divesting funds from South African companies in order to oppose the practice of apartheid, a system of discrimination by race historically practiced in South Africa. This created substantial pressure on the South African businesses and they had to draft a charter calling an end to apartheid. These are some of the first instances wherein people excluded funding to industries that were based on the values or morality. It was then known as socially responsible investing. 
Thus, history is ripe with groups of people that shopped and invested consciously. Many decades have passed and we live in an entirely different time now. Let us look at the current landscape and the defining moments that have led to a mass mobilization towards sustainability in the last few years. The Paris Agreement in 2015, the EU Green Deal in 2019 were some of the earlier agreements taken up by the governments of different countries to address the rising challenge of climate change. The Business Roundtable pledge in 2019 in the US to emphasize on stakeholder orientation as against prioritizing only shareholders. What that means is, going forward, the interests and concerns of stakeholders of a company such as customers, employees, communities, etc. shall be prioritized. Larry Fink, the CEO of BlackRock, had a defining moment in 2020. They are one of the biggest investors in the world with around $10 trillion in assets under management. With majority of the assets in passive investing, they are into managing capital for the long term. He anticipated the gravity of the tectonic shift that the climate change was going to bring about and wrote a letter to his investee CEOs in 2020. He cautioned that there will be massive reallocation of capital towards sustainable companies and asked them to start planning for it. So, these were some of the key developments that went towards the build-up of the importance of sustainability in businesses. And the pandemic was the final blow. The pandemic exposed and tested every single aspect of an organization's functioning. Companies faced disruptions in their operations, supply chains, consumer behavior, and even employee interactions. The period also marked mass movements such as the Great Resignation. The treatment of stakeholders increasingly came to the limelight and affected reputation of companies. All of this took a toll on their financial performance. Companies which, have, which were built better fared better on these aspects and resulted in outperformance. ESG funds reported more upside returns and better downside risk protection. It resulted in record inflows to the tune of $1.7 trillion in ESG-related investments in 2020 globally. While this is neither the first pandemic nor the first economic crisis to have hit humankind, it has cemented the importance of sustainability. It is therefore imperative for companies to take a long-term view to make their organizations more resilient and consider the concerns of all stakeholders. Now, let's look at some of the material ESG issues and risks in today's world. Firstly, the environment related issues and risks include climate change, decarbonization, and a transition to a low-carbon economy. Climate change has been called an existential threat. According to the IPCC's 2022 report, climate change is already impacting every part of the world. If we don't contain it, there are going to be irreversible damages to the planet. We are increasingly witnessing effects such as extreme heat, floods, droughts, melting glaciers, wildfires across regions to name a few. The goal of Paris Agreement is to limit global warming 
to below 2 degrees Celsius compared to pre-industrial levels. Carbon emissions will have to be cut down drastically through industries and industrial processes, energy, transportation, buildings, agricultural practices, to name a few. According to a Bloomberg estimate, the transition to a low-carbon future will require investments between $3.1 trillion and $5.8 trillion annually on an average until 2050. So, what are the exact environmental risks faced by the companies? Uh, one is physical risk. Now, this is when extreme weather events like uh, floods, storms or such events happen and they invariably incur a huge damage to the properties in the affected areas. This can impact an organization in a direct manner through an damage to assets or indirectly through their supply chains. The other one is transition risk. This is the risk which is inherent in changing strategies, policies, technology and market changes uh, that are invariably going to come to address mitigation and adaptation to a low carbon economy. Now, depending on the nature, speed and focus of these changes, transition risks may pose different levels of financial and reputational risks to organizations. The third environmental risk is stranded asset risk. With the adoption of renewable energy, many fossil fuel-based production facilities are going to be stranded as they wouldn't be of use in a low-carbon economy. Companies that are operating in hard-to-abate sectors may have the risk of having to write off their assets as they get stranded. Thus, it increasingly matters how a company and its management plan and strategize about these aspects. It is important to consider how a company is conducting its operations, cutting down on emissions, using energy, conserving water and natural resources, managing waste and many such details. Now, let us look at the S aspect of ESG investing the social issues and risks, which are also opportunities to do better. These include human rights issues that revolve around stakeholders such as consumers, employees, workers and communities. Movements such as the Great Resignation, the mass protests on racial inequality in the US have put a spotlight to how important the stakeholders other than shareholders are for a company. According to the 2021 Millennial and Gen Z survey by Deloitte, discrimination is widespread. In an era of social media, we are increasingly finding consumers boycotting products of companies that have rendered unethical treatment to any of their stakeholders. According to an Edelman report on brand trust in 2020, the percent of people who chose to switch, avoid or boycott a brand based on its stand on societal issues is above 60%. They are socially conscious and believe their wallet is their vote. India's population of Gen Z is at 375 million and has already exceeded China's 250 million by almost 1.5 times. They have started entering the workforce and will surpass the millennials by the end of this decade. The future stakeholder, 
that plays various roles as an employee, a consumer, an investor, is more socially aware, conscious and vocal about their rights. The future stakeholder is certainly more powerful. This is the new demography we live in. One of the workforce-related issues is gender inequality. Women are facing discrimination at workplaces world over. Regulation and disclosures on gender equality are increasing. There is also a pressure from investors and they are looking at aspects in investing companies such as how is it treating its women workforce or are women being given equal opportunities, pay and promotions. Apart from that, there are issues facing blue-collar workers and they are increasingly coming under scrutiny. There are around 50 million people that are victims of modern slavery, majority of them being in Asia. There is pressure on companies to manage the risks in their operations and supply chains with regards to the working conditions and health-related hazards of these workers. Apart from that, certain companies that are in the business of manufacturing or mining, they may cause harm to their surroundings. Their factories or operating environments may be harming the soil or water around it and cause damage to communities which are living there. These have become serious issues for companies and it can cause them production delays and they have also caused them billions of dollars in damages. Thirdly, consumer data protection and privacy has become an increasingly important issue for regulators. Many e-commerce and social media companies have paid hundreds of millions of dollars in fines for breaches and non-compliance of privacy laws. Thus, with the disruptive power of technology and social media, the bargaining power of stakeholders is rising. If companies do not care about these issues, they stand a huge risk in litigation and reputation, costing them heftily. Now, let us look at the G or governance issues in ESG investing. An organization's purpose and mission, shareholder rights and interests, the composition of board and their oversight are topics that have been commonly talked about on governance matters for long. With the new emphasis on sustainability, there are newer requirements that are developing. Stakeholder engagement has become important as against the old practice of prioritizing only shareholders' interests. The pandemic also uncovered the financial res resilience of companies that used capital prudently and they were also overall better in accommodating needs of employees. It was also noted that a presence of a woman board member made a substantial difference to the operations in navigating difficult times. Board diversity has become important. Diversity helps in removing blind spots. No wonder many regulatory bodies world over are now mandating it to improve governance. Thus, strategizing and implementing policies for sustainability have become an important lens for measuring governance. There is an entire paradigm shift in how the parts of an organization coexist and move going forward. So these were the E, S and G risks and opportunities that businesses are now facing in the current day and age. 
Lastly, let us look at the policies and disclosures in this direction in India. At the Conference of Parties 26th Convention last year, India made a few announcements towards its climate goals and the Union Cabinet has approved the NDCs. NDCs are nationally determined contributions and they represent the commitments of each country to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Each country that is a party to the Paris Agreement. Now, as per India's updated NDC, India now stands committed to reduce emissions intensity of its GDP by 45% by 2030. It also aims to achieve 50% cumulative electric power installed capacity from renewable sources by 2030. The framework to achieve the mentioned targets for 2030 includes many schemes and programs across sectors by the Government of India that shall incentivize and help the progress. There are tax concessions and incentives such as production incentive scheme for promotion of manufacturing and adoption of renewable energy. At the Conference of Parties 27th Convention, which was recently held in Egypt, India submitted its long-term strategy for low-carbon development. Now, let us look at the updates and disclosures by the Capital Markets Regulator, SEBI. The corporate disclosures on sustainability-related criteria that includes environmental, social, and governance factors, they have been enhanced recently, and they become mandatory by FY23. So what does this exactly mean? This means that going forward, we shall start receiving information about top 1,000 listed corporates on aspects such as the details of their greenhouse gas emissions as measured by scope 1 and scope 2 and its inten intensity, the breakup of the total energy consumed from renewable and non-renewable sources, the details related to waste management by the entity in terms of total waste generated and disposed by the nature of their disposal method. What are the safety hazards and related preventive measures the company is taking for their labor, labor force? Whether the stakeholder consultation is used to identify and manage environmental and social topics? How many women are the companies hiring? And what are the salaries being paid to them in terms of a median? How many women form a part of the key management or senior management for the company? We are clearly going to be much more equipped with information about a company's operations. In conclusion, there are four new developments or forces at work. Firstly, businesses are facing a tectonic shift in every aspect of their operations. Secondly, there is increasing regulation at a very fast pace at a global level. Thirdly, there is rising pressure and mobilization of funds by investors. And lastly, the rising power of stakeholders, which is enabled by social media and technology as disruptors. So clearly with these developments, companies that work towards improving on these aspects would be better prepared for longevity and are more likely to create value for investors over a longer term. After all, these risks are also opportunities for most. So, what are the implications of everything that we just discussed from an investing perspective? Do you think that there's a strong reason for sustainable investing to thrive? 
Do you think any of these developments are reversible? Do you think it is just a fad? I'd just leave it here with these questions. But in the very least, one can say that the future is going to be more consciously and equally shaped. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please do subscribe, share and rate the podcast. I also look forward to conversing with you on social media. Cheers. Cheers.